0: Crows fly backwards, case 25. Uh, Phil McNamara's How to Catch a Fish. When I was young, my uncle would take me fishing along small creeks. The streams would mostly dry up in summer, except for a couple of pools. I had many questions about the wonder of those pools. I was told that they were unimaginably deep, and that though divers had gone down to find out why the pools never dried up, The bottom had never been reached. I could see they were not wide enough for a submarine to explore, but I imagined that even a submarine would never reach the bottom. My uncle said that the best fish uh, lay in holes deep in those pools that never dried up. I was too scared to ever swim in them like he did, but I like to imagine that one day I'd get a fishing line long enough to catch that fish. I'll just uh, repeat that. When I was young, my uncle would take me fishing along small creeks. The streams would mostly dry up in summer, except for a couple of pools. I had many questions about the wonder of those pools. I was told that they were unimaginably deep and that though divers had gone down to find out why the pools never dried up, the bottom had never been reached. I could see they were not wide enough for a submarine to explore, but I imagined that even a submarine would never reach the bottom. My uncle said that the best fish uh, lay in holes deep in those pools that never dried up. I was too scared to ever swim in them like he did, but I like to imagine that one day... I'd get a fishing line long enough to catch that fish. Phil builds up the mystery around those inexhaustible pools, so limitlessly deep that the bottom has never been reached. This mythic story is expressive of the way uh, in its depth and inexhaustibility. While the presence of the uncle who can swim in those holes that never dry up and who passes on the wisdom regarding where to find the best fish exemplifies the way that we plumb the depths of a khan with our teacher as a guide. And I can remember Robert Aitken's uh, patience when I was stuck um, for long periods, sometimes on relatively small, apparently small matters. I remember one that sticks with me to this day. Uh, It says, it goes like uh, when the wheel revolves, even a master cannot follow it. The four cardinal half points above, below, north, south, east, west. And uh, I remember saying over and over again um, the, a master cannot follow it because the master is the wheel how can the master follow if the master is the wheel and Akin Roshi just patiently saying to me you are stuck in emptiness you are stuck in emptiness uh, for, for doksan after doksan after doksan uh, so, but the wheel uh, does revolve uh, uh, now in the dojo uh, now uh, out on the town Uh, now with friends, uh, now celebrating Christmas, a great release from the mud of emptiness. Uh, Phil's uncle passes on the wisdom uh, of the way to his nephew in the form of a tall story. Uh, The use of fantasy to engage children's imagination is perfect, uh, perennial in truth and it never ceases to engage us as adults. The true grown-up never grows up fully. Uh, Who hasn't been hooked on those lines from the opening chapter of Lewis Carroll's uh, 1865 novel Alice's Adventures in Wonderland? The rabbit hole went straight on like a tunnel for some way, then dipped suddenly down so suddenly that alice had not a moment to think about stopping herself before she found herself falling down what seemed to be a very deep well either the well was very deep or she fell very slowly for she had plenty of time as she went down to look about her and to wonder what was going to happen next irresistible opening to uh, a story I remember my own uh, a dream of uh, falling down a mine shaft, uh, just kind of, these are all about uh, going into cool depths because it 's a hot afternoon, so it feels like descents into cold frog cold uh, and colder depths is very important. but I remember this story um, uh, a dream of uh, falling down a mine shaft with a brass band playing at the top of the, the mine shaft and uh, Falling in darkness and then slowing, just like in the Alice in Wonderland story, uh, gradually getting slower and slower, and then feeling my life actually materialising, and this very, very kind of slow and lit version of life, um, with Venus flickering in the west, uh, reading stories to to my kids, taking my son, yachting, and all of these events slowly and goldenly appearing uh, after this long uh, descent in darkness. Uh, Uh, By this time the brass band was inaudible. (laughs) So the passing on of stories is important for us all. Um, It happens through family and we weave the past into the present and pass on stories to uh, sons and daughters and nieces and nephews who in the future, in their turn, pass those stories on to their offspring. And it's wonderful to see Uh, Stories I remember reading to Amanda and Julian, uh, like Where the Wild Things Are and the Penguin and the Vacuum Cleaner, now being read to my grandchildren uh, by them. It's uh, great to see it passed on. In these times that seem increasingly ahistorical, um, there is perhaps a reaction to this kind of vapid nowness that's encouraged by social media and the internet. in reaction to that, there seems to be an avid interest in family history or at least the family history of celebrities uh, if not one's actual family history. And uh, there's that popular program um, that traces the ancestry of celebrities and we actually get to watch how moved or disturbed uh, they are when they discover that what their ancestors got up to all those jail sentences, illicit relationships, illegitimate children, and tragic deaths. Uh, The program is called aptly in terms of the themes of this talk, uh, uh, who do you think you are? Who 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 do you think you are? Who are you is the the real question uh, here, or the deep question. Who are you really? Uh, on a hot afternoon, like this. Yeah, there's a beautiful story which I encountered recently. Uh, it's called The Bunyip of Barkley Creek. And uh, it's the story of, uh, it's once upon a time, on a very, very dark night, um, at the, uh, in the Billabong. Uh, Uh, a creature uh, emerges covered in mud and uh, in the morning the creature is sitting there on the bank of the billabong uh, scraping off the mud and asking, what am I? What am I? What am I? And uh, it asks all the different creatures that come along and many creatures appear bandicoots and uh, wallabies and kangaroos and but a friendly emu puts him right and he says, you're a bunyip. Uh, and the bunyip gets curious about uh, his nature and he's asking all of the creatures, you know, uh, how many tails do bunyips have? Uh, um, uh, one, but it's very ugly, said the bandicoot. And eventually, uh, then he starts asking, are, are bunyips handsome? And he meets a man who's taking notes uh, in the bush. uh, He has a lot of trouble attracting the man's attention. uh, Because the man is very busy and says, shh, 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 I'm busy. Uh, But eventually uh, the bunyip gets to ask his questions. He says, uh, a bunyip's handsome. And the man... Says, looking right through him, says, Bunyip's don't exist. And the Bunyip says, oh, what, a oh, what a pity. What a pity. What uh, a pity. And the, the Bunyip packs his swag, um, puts in his mirror and his comb, and takes off. For another billabong and says well at least there I can be as handsome as I like (laughs) and uh, that night uh, after the bunyip has had tea and uh, is sitting there there is a sound in that billabong and uh, a creature covered in mud uh, appears from the billabong and is asking what am I what am I See, this is a children's koan. You know, what am I of koan? A good way to express it too. Uh, and the bunny says, uh, "You are, you are like me. You are just like me, and I can give you a mirror to prove it." And uh, that's the story. And uh, it's one which I didn't read to my children, but I wish I had of them. I would certainly give it to them, my grandchildren, for Christmas. But it's really nice. Uh, What am I? What am I? Uh, Zen is rarely literal. Uh, Zen is conveyed largely through stories. Many of the koans are stories in themselves. Um, I'm tempted to say it's not only really literal it's almost never literal. Um, the great matter of the way the truths of the way uh, include their opposites. And sails against Aristotelian logic. <laughs> yeah. How can not abiding also be abiding? For instance... So here's an example, this is a, a little verse by E.E. E. Cummings uh, As large as alone Here It goes She came home with a smooth round stone As small as a world and as large as alone For whatever we lose, like a you or a me It's always ourselves we find in the sea So who are you uh, in the sea of that? Uh, at the bottom, there's a, a Japanese kawun. Uh, most of the kawuns uh, that come down to us come from China, not from Japan. There are very few Japanese Khans, but this is uh, one of them. At the bottom of the sea of Issei, there lies a single stone, I want to pick up that stone without wetting my hands. On the stone there are three markings. A signature, cannot get wet, cannot get dry. Mm. Uh, A stone is no other than your true nature here. And the markings reflect different aspects of your true nature. Uh, A vastness particularity, uh, that is to say uniqueness, Um, and your interconnectedness, your interdependence uh, with others, uh, without which there is no uh, self-nature at all. And uh, these reflect the three bodies of the Buddha. Uh, uh, The body which is vast, empty, timeless, dimensionless. Uh, The body which is completely uh, unique, individual, uh, as each of us is like that. Uh, Each of us, uh, vast, dimensionless, timeless, each of us completely unique, uh, unrepeatably ourselves. Uh, absolutely, and uh, a two-year-old uh, figures that out, uh, uh, knows the difference between her dad and her uncle, or her dad and her grandfather, for instance. So uh, the second or the first body is the Dharmakaya body, body uh, the vast body. The second body is the namanakaya, the unique, uh, particular uh, body of the Buddha. And the third of these is like when you've got two opposites, like vast and timeless and unique and particular, they tend to give birth to a third. It's a bit like Hegel's um, thesis, antithesis, giving birth to synthesis because the third of the bodies is the body of interdependence. Um, I am because you are. Uh, And this is the body which is also associated with compassion. Uh, The feeling that we belong uh, together as uh, a family. Um, That what happens to you touches my heart and vice versa. Um, uh, This is the archetype of Kuan Yin, uh, who hears the sounds of the world but cannot respond to them all. In a way, she cannot respond to them all because she is them all. There's no, on the other hand, uh, in terms of the suffering world, she cannot respond to all of the cries. Uh, and so the weeping of Kuan Yin archetypally uh, relates to this third uh, body called the Sambhogakaya body. Uh, and each of the, all three of these are co-present in each of us. Uh, vastness and timelessness, interdependence and uniqueness. Uh, or as the Chinese put it, the last one, interdependence, they called it Harmony. These coexist without a breath between them. And, uh, you know, we we pull them apart and look at them separately, but in uh, in your very act of standing up, uh, they are all co-present. So uh, when you're fishing... uh, I'll just read the... That's all right. I think that's clear. Um... When fishing, uh, just fish. Uh, Let go of expectations. Uh, Curiosity is the way. Hmm. Yeah. So let go of all notions of the fish at the bottom of the hole, of there being a fish at the bottom of the hole, Of any goal of catching a fish, uh, let go. Um, uh, Just fish. Uh, Just ask. Uh, Just open to what is there. Expectation arises, and we just plough it in and plough it under. Um, So you get asked a question like, um, so how do you catch that fish that didn't... Habits, those fathomless depths all kinds of images and thoughts come up but uh, you just plow them in all kinds of pictures and images arise and I let them go and continue to ask it's like this with who is hearing that sound it's like this with who am I um, all kinds of concepts and ideas even good ones even brilliant ones even the most brilliant you let them go and continued to ask. Uh, Phil sent in several uh, koans when I was asking uh, Sangha members to provide koans for the Crossfire Backwards book and one of them uh, touches this matter. He writes... My Australian rules football coach would often say to me, as a backman whose job it was to prevent my opposition player getting hold of the ball, that I had to follow him closer than a shadow. How would you follow closer than a shadow? When we realise intimacy, the whole world is closer than a shadow. the opening of the Song of Enlightenment the poem usually attributed to Yong Sha uh, reads There is the leisurely one walking the Tao beyond philosophy not avoiding fantasy not seeking truth In Zen we don't seek literal truth rather we seek archetypes that inspire our lives and encourage us to deepen in the way Phil's story, with its elements of mystery and fantasy, uh, is just such an archetypal story. So, how do you catch the fish that inhabits those fathomless depths?